0: Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today we're going to be talking about the Florence Flamingos, a collegiate summer level team that plays in Florence, South Carolina. I'll be speaking with designer Tony Canapa later on in this episode. Baseball by Design's wildlife correspondent Ranger Amy Burnett is back. And of course, Dan Simon of Studio Simon will be here with another of his Studio Simon Stumpers. Right now, I'm very happy to welcome back to the podcast, Brandon Raphael. We talked about the make and bacon a few weeks ago. Now we're going to talk about the Florence Flamingos. Brandon is the co-owner of the Florence Flamingos, who have been around just for a couple of seasons, but you have noticed them because they are bright pink and they are <laughs> hard to miss. Brandon, thanks so much for, for coming back. <laughs> thanks for having me back, Paul. This is this is a really fun brand. This is a, another collegiate summer level team. It's well in addition to uh, the the Macon Bacon there in the Coastal Plain League. This is another Coastal Plain League team. They were the Red Wolves and now they're the Florence Flamingos and their uniform set and their logo <laughs> is very very pink. I actually own uh, a Flamingos t-shirt. I, I and it's the bright pink t-shirt with the flamingo logo on it. It's a lot of fun. I get a lot of comments when I wear it. (laughs) (laughs) The team made a very conscious decision to go, you know, really bold with this brand. What was the thinking that went into this super bold brand for a collegiate summer level team?
1: Well, like with all of our teams that we have, the, the fans voted um, on some name suggestions and flamingos came out of that one as the most unique and the the most popular. And, you know, when you have an uh, organization that had been around for 20 some odd years as the Red Wolves. Obviously, it, it takes time to develop a brand, but we wanted something that was bold and unique, something that was going to stand out, that was really going to push that envelope. Um, and it it seemed to to as we we're developing it, as we we're going through the thought process of what it's gonna look like, and Tony's creating some logo ideas. Um, it was it was incredible to watch that process from the beginning. And, um, it was a no brainer to go all in on
0: pink. I mean, it's just, when you think about it, I mean, why not? Well, why not indeed? And it's, it's, uh, like I said, it's really fun. And this, the logo is this flamingo that is, you know, it is, it is scowling, right? Like it's not a friendly, funny cartoon flamingo. It is, it is scowling. It's angry. It's holding a baseball bat. It's up on one leg as flamingos are, are want to do what were the conversations that went into creating you know the the decisions that went into alright is it an angry flamingo is it a cartoony flamingo what type of brand do we want it to be after the bright pink conversation right like i'm <laughs> i assume the you know what does the flamingo look like came next
1: yeah i mean when you're thinking about what color swatches and what color of pink what what shade of pink what i mean and what else is going to complement that we didn't want it to be like a gender reveal party where it was like pink and blue everywhere. Okay. Right. That's not what we were thinking, but it, it had to be something that that stood out. And um, when you're creating those logos and working with, you know, in this case, uh, Tony Canapa to, to, to do that, it's like, well, what do we want it to look like? I mean, do we, do we want it to be holding the back? Do We want it to be holding a ball. And something that's just different. What's that going to look like on a uniform or on shirts or on hats? And and having those a couple different logos was something that it was a fun to go through. Fun to go through that process because you had the one where where you know the the scouring and holding the ball in the mouth, and the other one with holding the bat and stand on one leg. So you had to do something with the one leg, right? And 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 because we knew that the once we started with the videos and all that, we had had our players doing like their little stance on one leg. You know, it's like it was really something cool. And and then we slowly realized that we're we the only sports team in America that the primary color is pink. Like <laughs> we started like, well, it wasn't the purpose of it, but we started yeah. looking at them like, I think, I think we're the only sports team in America that has the primary color pink and with pink bases, pink bats. We like, we've gone all in on the pink. Um, and um, you know, some of the, it's not like we did focus groups, but sure. you had some people from the beginning saying, you know, guys aren't going to wear pink. The player's going to hate it.
0: Um, and it's been quite
1: the opposite. I
0: mean, it's awesome. Well, I was going to ask about that because the, you know, the logos, uh, the, I, you know, I believe that the, the players love the bright colors and they love the, you know, standing out like that. I, you know, I have no doubt that that's, uh, that that's really fun for them. And even, and I'll talk to, you mentioned Tony already. I'll, I'm going to talk to him about some of the the type in this sort of, you know, very, uh, you know, southeastern retirement community type that we're looking at <laughs> here. I don't know if that's a fair way to describe it. I'll talk to that's Tony good. about that. <laughs> yeah, but the the uniforms, as with the with the bacon, right? Like it's not a, just a colored jersey and and white or gray pants. You know, it's the full you know buying into this color scheme. You've got the the black uniform set with the the pink socks, which are awesome, by the way. And then you've got the full pink, full jer- the pink jersey, pink pants, and black socks. So it's, it is a full commitment to this this pink color. And I think that that's been the, the the case with other teams where it's not the primary color, but you do see some other teams using pink. Uh, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos, I think, are the, the mm-hmm. first one that jumped to mind for me. I'm not surprised that the players like it. But again, was there any hesitation in, okay, we're using this very bright color and not only are we using it, but we're using it a ton, including on the pants <laughs> for this this team in South Carolina?
1: I think it's like when you start getting immersed in the the thought process of, of thinking it all the way through, and that's always something we just let's just think it all the way through, right? Yeah. Let's just make sure because there were other submissions and other thoughts that we had that could have worked. It just we kept on going back to the flamingos and not indigenous to the region, um, right. of Florida, South Carolina, <laughs> um, but it's like how do you make that work? And you know, one of the things that we wanted to do, and we're not, we're not you know, as, as I said earlier about, you know, being maybe the first team to have that primary, that's not who we are. We're not all about being the first to do whatever. That's right. It's just what works for us. But it ended up that we ended up branding in the middle of the season, um, in, um, obviously 2021, when we first brought on the team, the last two games we played as the Flamingos. Um, and it wasn't ideal. Well, it's ideal for the branding perspective. That's probably fine. But To get the jerseys that fast, we had to go with a different jersey provider, and they were super heavy. And at Florida, South Carolina, at the end (laughs) of July, (laughs) those guys were sweating, but they loved it. Like they, they when they first showed it to them, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" (laughs) Because they haven't seen anything like it. And so I think that's that's the thought process of uh, as we went through is is just identifying what's going to work, what's not going to work. And I think when you when you make that commitment and you're all in, and you start talking about what else can we have pink, right. Yeah. You, know, you know, drinks in the ballpark or, you know, the bats are all pink. You know, the, the bases are, you know, it's just everywhere you look, you want it to be like, this is our part of our brand. It's part of who we are. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think that's, that's the thought process that we have in college college summer ball that we can do is yeah. just can you know, pretty much do whatever we want uh, to a certain extent. And why not have fun? Why not? I mean, you know, you got all these people coming to games that are spending their, you know, disposable income to enjoy some entertainment, have some fun. Why not have a, you know, seven foot tall flamingo hanging out at the <laughs> ballpark named Flo? I mean, it's like,
0: why not? It's just,
1: it's a lot of fun.
0: So we talked about with the bacon that the the origin of that name is obviously just the rhyme. In this instance, you know, you've got the alliteration of Florence and flamingos. You just said you know, you obviously flamingos are not exactly uh, you know commonplace in Florence, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Is there a connection beyond the the alliteration uh, is that you know are, I mentioned retirement communities already I you know are there maybe a lot of folks who have like flamingos in their yards like you might expect to find in in Florida uh, or is it is it just the alliteration and an opportunity to have fun? Why not have fun, as you say?
1: Well, yeah, you know it's interesting because one of the first times we um we were in Florence. I was with Steve and we were driving through checking out the area and we had already made the decision for the Flamingo name, but it was almost like one of those things where sometimes you just you put it out of their universe. It just kind of happens. So we're driving by um, one of the hospitals. That's actually one of our partners now, MUSC. And they, it, it must have been around Breast cancer awareness month mm-hmm. in October. But they had a bunch of pink flamingos like in, in the front of the hospital as you drive by on one of them. they were like it was just meant to be, right? It was just yeah. like and, and um so we have talked to them about that and just you know, all right. And then and then when we started selling selling tickets, um, you know, people that bought ticket plans, we started sending them uh lawn flamingos that they could put <laughs> in their lawn. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> And there's so much more that we can do that we're just not doing yet. We, we'd love to. And, and, and it, 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 it picked off, you know, very quickly similar to when we, when we launched the make and bake and back in 2017, the, the same thing happened with the Florence flamingos, that merchandise sales um, just, I mean, it was 12 days. I think that we covered the country pink, every, someone from every state purchased something. And then we, I think we did six additional countries. And so it was really something special to see how that was picking up and, and still getting these merch orders and, and for, for them, different, like obviously we, we talked on, the, on a previous episode about that, you know, 40, 42 percent of merch buyers for the bacon are um, in the state of Georgia. It is like 80-20 in, I mean, it's 80 percent, only about 20 percent of the orders for the forest Flamingos are in the state of South Carolina. So it's crazy how that's how that's really picked picked up.
0: That is interesting. And I I don't know if I was the first from Colorado, but I definitely did <laughs> represent. <laughs> yeah, You did. We appreciate that. What was I mean, I know you say that the nickname came from a fan vote. And so obviously, you know, there's a certain amount of buy in already. But when the brand came out, and it was, you know, as bold as it was, was there a, a strong negative reaction? Or was it positive right away?
1: It was, it was mostly positive. I mean, I yeah. think you have the people from Florence that had been there yeah. through the thick and thin of the Red Wolves. Um it was a little bit of adjustment period for them. I mean, it was the same thing in in Macon and other areas that went with mandalay baseball properties with, you know, in Las Vegas or whatever that was. I mean, and that's actually a pretty good example. I mean, Las Vegas, um, my first year there in 2000 was the year they switched over from Las Vegas Stars to the Las Vegas 51s. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and everyone's like, what is this 51 stuff? John Spolstra is crazy. Like what is going on? And then the Las Vegas stars like forever. Yeah. And um, it was just an adjustment period. But, you know, I think after a while, once, once you come to the games and see the entertainment and a different management of all you can eat plans and everything that's going on in the ballpark, you know, our president there, Mitchell talks about, he wants it to be that every time you come to a Florence Flamingos game, it feels like a vacation. And, and it's there's a close proximity in Florence to Myrtle Beach. So Myrtle Beach is about an hour east of, of Florence, just from a geographical sense, if it gave that bearings. Um so it kind of really has a lot of people there. They vacation there yeah. um, in 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 the summer. So it's 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 really something special. And the only thing we're missing is sand. I mean, it'd be pretty cool to have a
0: bunch of sand throughout the ballpark. Well, there you go. You got a project. There's a big That's renovation right. for uh, 2023. <laughs> uh, it's funny, actually, that you say that about the vacation, because I actually have a photo of myself wearing my bright pink Lawrence flamingos shirt at the Jersey Shore. Uh, and at the same time, I was wearing my Gwinnett stripers, my lime green Gwinnett stripers cap. And yeah. it wasn't intentional. I had just sort of thrown them both on to run out to the beach. And I realized I was probably causing seizures out there with uh, if I was getting too <laughs> close to people's, people's field of vision. So Brandon, this is so much fun. These brands are so much fun. I'm so glad to learn about all of these other teams that you've been involved with too. Cause now I know I can yeah. call you up and have you back on the podcast to talk about any number of teams that you've been involved with. Where can people find the flamingos online?
1: Well, you know, if you type in Florida flamingos, you'll find the pink everywhere. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously our website for flamingos.com and Um, you know we appreciate the support that everyone's been been given uh the flamingos and um you know catch yourself in florida south carolina or driving on i-95 from new york or from florida great spot to to stop and
0: grab yourself some buckies and catch a game some (laughs) buckies sounds good well if i'm starting out in philadelphia i'll make sure i grab some wawa first and then hit buckies on the way so that's That's right (laughs) there you go right on of course brandon thanks so much we'll talk to you next time Thanks. Appreciate having me. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so pleased to have returning to the podcast, Tony Canapa of Tony Canapa Creative. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing
2: very well. Thanks for having me back.
0: We we have you on you were on previously to talk about the Macon Bacon a totally fun brand that that you came up with for uh, a, a, a collegiate summer level team. We're back here talking about another Coastal Plain League team, the Florence Flamingos. The Macon Bacon had the rhyme going for them. I guess the Florence Flamingos have the alliteration going for them again. With the uh, you know the the meaning behind these nicknames, there's really you know just that sort of loose uh, sort of literary device that 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 makes this name appropriate, but I'll just, I'll just ask you, you were approached about creating a a brand for a team in Florence, South Carolina. You were told it's going to be a flamingo, kind of a flamingo with some, some attitude, I would think. What was, uh, what, what were the design considerations that go into creating a hot pink flamingo based baseball brand?
2: Well, definitely the first thing that comes to mind is like, we knew right off the bat where it was like, it had to be pink and we had to use that and and definitely uh when we sat down and and discussed that element um it was my point of view that we shouldn't run from the pink i didn't really want to use it as an accent i didn't want to use it as something small or try and hide it i felt like that really was going to be a big strength if we could do it properly and with You know, if you're using the right pink, that can be, you know, tremendously bold. And I feel like I there may have been there may have been teams that have done it in the past, but I haven't seen anybody do it quite to this level or utilize pink definitely not in this way. And if you're gonna make if your your team's gonna be the flamingos, you know, it has to be pink.
0: Let's let's talk about this pink. You say it was a very specific pink, and it is. A really specific pink. Like I think when you hear pink, you think of uh, kind of a pastel color, a softer color. This, this pink. What am I seeing about this particular pink that makes it striking? Because it is, it is not like a, you know, it, it's not an Easter pink, right? Like it is a, it is a in
2: your face pink. Absolutely, and that was one of my thoughts right off the bat that is something that i went back to a lot in conversations where my like uh you said easter pink i said cupcake pink that, okay. that's what was something to avoid it was right. like it can't be cup cupcake pink it has to be hot pink and the closest that we could get to hot pink in any of our materials in any of the uniforms like anything we were using it, sh- it had to be super bright Hot pink, and uh, if if you're a Pantone enthusiast, or if if you use those in your work, um, it's uh, Pantone Rhodamine Red C. That's that's the Pantone color. I thought
0: we were going to get into one of the three-digit codes here, so it's It's,
2: that (laughs) one does not have a code. It has it's, uh, and I hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Rhodamine, Rhodamine. It is. It's more of a magenta than a, you know, soft pink or anything like that. And, you know, after going through my books over and over and trying to dial in the right thing, uh, that was the one that we came up with that we felt like uh, reproduced the best and uh, would be the most consistent uh, throughout all applications. Sure. And so again, to get even further into the nerdiness
0: here, the color theory nerdiness, you didn't pair the pink with compliment you didn't pair it with uh or you know another color that is close to it on the color wheel right like you it's the only hue in there is pink right and then you've got blacks and grays and neutrals i mean it's 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 the bright pink and no other accent color except for the neutrals the blacks and the whites and the
2: grays right and it's so it's it's black white silver and pink and that's it and there. That was that was probably the hardest part of putting together this brand, putting together like the logos and the uniforms is finding the right accent color or actually kind of like choosing to remove an accent color. And um, definitely when we were in discussions uh, over logos, uh, there was there were a lot of like strong opinions early on uh, you know, I really wanted to try and use like an aqua with it. And uh, that felt ended up feeling a little bit Miami. It felt uh, a little bit more tropical. And so for the Florence area, it didn't quite feel like the right fit. And um, so we kind of went away from that. And then um, I know a couple of people in the organization, really wanted a light blue very much like a, uh, Cardinals, uh, light blue Jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, my feeling on that is you can't do blue and pink together. Yeah. Uh, it's going to end up gender reveal party. It's yep. not going to be a sports brand. <laughs> and, um, there were just that, that may have been, you know, it through that everything went so smoothly through this whole process, but that may have been the one sticking point where you know some people really wanted the light blue, and I just absolutely refused. Yeah, and um, but what ended up locking down the black and silver with the pink for me is I came across a photograph of Brett the Hitman Hart from <laughs> back in the day, pro wrestling. And if you want to look, cool and tough and badass in pink, that's where you go to. And it just, that locked it in for me where I was like, it's so striking. It's so dynamic. And this is going to make the pink just the full focus of everything that we see on the field.
0: This is such a great reference. And I, of course you saw me, I immediately went and Googled it because that's, (laughs) I needed to see it. And so I encourage Everyone who's listening to this while not driving, go ahead and Google Brett the Hitman heart, because this is uh, it's an amazing comparison for this color pink here. Absolutely. The blue would have changed it. Having the Cardinals powder blue, right? Like or as I would Mm -hmm. call it, the Phillies powder blue. Okay. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Is, you know, is absolutely something that, uh, you know, would would have made this a very different brand. And so, you know, as it stands now, it's this almost like monochromatic effect of just the 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 pink and then, you know, from black to white, you talked about how you sort of stood your ground on that and you, you decided, you know, you said you just, you refused to implement uh, another hue as a, as a, as a color. Do you find yourself as a designer having to educate clients for their, for their own benefit, right? Like, like you, I mean, clearly they're saying, Hey, you know, we want to add a, an accent color. And you're just, you as the designer have to say, no, 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 trust me, this is, you don't, you don't want that. And this is going to be great without that powder blue.
2: Well, I, I, I'm definitely of the opinion that good ideas come from everywhere. Uh, I'm not the type of like artist or creative or, or designer where it's like, everything has to be my idea. Um, I don't want that actually, because I really like when people come, come in, that something with something that seems like it's from left field or something that may be completely wrong for what it is, but that always or often will push you into a space of thinking that you hadn't considered before. And whether it was that initial idea that ends up coming to fruition, uh, or something that was derivative from that, or just this new path that was created, that's where the really interesting stuff happens, I think. So, um, I it, it's 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 strong for me to say, like, I refuse to implement it. And we definitely, like, I created mock-ups of, like, all these different, you know, versions. I mean, I have tons of color variations where so everybody could kind of see them together. Yeah. But when it really came down to it, um, it was one of those things where I felt really, really strongly about that. And I could just kind of see when we got into merchandise and just apparel and just how it would look in the park in the crowd um i just felt like this was going to be you know so much stronger than anything else that we had come up with until then and it's it is one of those things when you know if i have a client they're paying me the money like it's definitely going to be it's their uh end result that they're going to be living with and and you know i want them to be extremely happy with it mm-hmm. but i also want them to i also want them to trust me in a certain way and trust that i have some extra expertise and some history and and you know experience 20 years of experience doing this where it's like i think this is a good idea i think this is a better idea Mm -hmm. let's really give this some consideration and some thought absolutely baseball by designs
0: wildlife consultant ranger amy burnett is going to be coming on later on in this episode to talk about the the relative merits of flamingos as baseball players but i wanted to ask you in creating this this character flamingos they're kind of spindly they they look like they would snap in half with a with a strong breeze you you probably wouldn't want to like you know ruffle their feathers as it were. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where this, this is not the, the sturdiest fiercest of, of animals necessarily. And so I'm wondering, and, and you even positioned the flamingo with the the one leg up and crossed across its other leg, right? So it's standing on one leg, one fairly spindly leg. It's got a baseball in its mouth, a bat on its shoulder and a, you know, kind of fierce, or at least serious look on its face what went into creating this flamingo character that's not cartoony it's not i mean it's it's a fun logo but the 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 it's not a goofy cartoon right like it's a more serious illustration of a, of a flamingo what went into creating this character
2: you know uh just like uh, you know, if if your fans had listened to have listened to the making bacon episode, uh, is something that I always try and look at is contrast. And if we have a uh, you know not on it on the surface kind of fierce uh, you know animal or creature uh, that or, or object that like bacon, that's going to be the, the logo, um, you know, maybe there's a way that we can make that a little bit more robust in just how it's presented. And, um, the flamingo head ended up being kind of a key thing. Um, especially when I was looking at not only at, uh, live flamingos, but flamingo skulls, I found Mm -hmm. very interesting that, uh, the, bone structure there's not too much structure in the back of the head in the back of the skull but the beak is actually really large and and really robust and that was kind of one of those things that um that i gravitated towards and kind of on the color tip it's like uh flamingos will have you know a black or dark uh patch on the front of their beak and that was the other place where i was like oh the black's already here it's Mm. already with the pink like you know these mesh up really really nicely and um kind of putting that together by creating kind of this like somewhat fierce as as fierce as a flamingo can be like a uh, fierce looking head that was a nice little like fulcrum for everything to hinge on and when i did the full body version of that logo um i tried the legs in a variety of compositions but the flamingo on one leg is so flamingo-y so is you can't help but do that thing. And it created this nice little uh, crossbar and kind of dynamic piece of action, even with the bird just standing there. So I didn't have to have him swinging a bat or kind of in action like that. Flamingo pose just, you know, said all that it needed to say. Absolutely.
0: So the character, I mean, obviously the color is very striking. I think that's probably the first thing people notice. The character itself is the centerpiece of, of the brand, but I, also want to talk about the type, right? Because the type is very distinctive and it's mm-hmm. got this sort of Bauhaus feeling about it. It does have, uh, you know, sort of a very, very sort of Southeast diner, maybe like I'm, yeah, I'm trying to sort of put my finger on like what, how I would identify this, but it it, it feels sort of Bauhaus-y to me. So you said Flamingo-y, so I get to say bauhaus What okay, was creating this type for this team? what, what were they trying to evoke with this? What is it that, that very distinctive type that is, you know, not, it's not a baseball script, right? Like it's distinctive. It does, it's, it it's from outside the baseball world. I think, what was it that you were trying to do with, with this type?
2: I think, um, both with, uh, the color combination, uh, just the fact that you're using pink in general, um, makes us a very modern contemporary type of brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, to me, you know doing something that felt very classic and scripty uh just didn't necessarily fit uh with the overall uh just vibe of the of the piece as a whole and with the uniforms as a whole I felt like uh, we wanted to have echoes of historicals or of uh traditional stuff but for the most part we wanted to have modern shapes and modern forms and this type of lettering with uh it's a non-script it's it's very curve heavy um there's not sharp points and angles and uh i to me that felt like it fit really nicely especially with the curves of the flamingo head and it just felt like it fit with uh, the overall aesthetics of, of the rest of the elements. So, um, I wanted to be modern. I wanted to be a little bit bold. Um, but the typeface itself, like you mentioned kind of Bauhausi, um, like, you know, somewhat maybe, you know, classic dinery kind of thing. Um, it is something that is more kind of seventies modern than, uh, than something else that would be more like a traditional script.
0: Right. Well, we talked last time when we were talking about the bacon about the influence that your your art career has on your logo design, and that you do a lot of work that is not of the baseball world. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we also talked about the fact that you played Jar Jar Banks, but not Jar Jar Banks Cosmo, the 51's one's mascot, uh, for seven years as well. So that was you know, so we know that you you you've got your baseball bona fides there, especially your minor league baseball bona fides but your you know your art career has extended well beyond the the baseball world were it not for the baseball in the flamingo's mouth and the bat on the uh, on his shoulder this could very easily be a logo for something that was not a baseball team and i imagine that that's intentional right like that it doesn't have to feel baseball-y to be a baseball logo now we've said flamingo-y bauhaus-y and baseball-y all in this interview it's a trifecta. It's a hat <laughs> trick right there. Is that intentional when you're creating a baseball logo that it doesn't necessarily, if you were to remove the literal representations of baseball that it could be used
2: in other applications. I, even though I worked in baseball and professional you know, sports for almost 20 years, uh, I wasn't that guy who would go to baseball games on my day off. I didn't watch baseball games on TV. I wasn't, I enjoyed working in sports. I enjoyed being it in it all the time. It's it's a really amazing place to do design and, and see it out in the world. Uh, but I I wasn't like some people in the organization where it's like, hey, you know, we're working seventy two home games, but if I have a day off, we're going to go up to a Mariners game or something like that. Uh, that just really wasn't my thing. Um, but what that kind of what I am into is like, I'm into comic books, I'm into movies, I'm into all these other types of media. And kind of the cool thing about that is I get to pull things from a lot of different places that are outside the sports world and then bring them in to uh, the baseball landscape. And I think that's when interesting things happen is like, you can have the utmost respect and the utmost like, you know, knowledge or you can have knowledge of all of this baseball history But then you get to pick when to hang on to that or when to to discard it when it's not necessary because you don't have necessarily that personal. There are certain things that I love personally in in the baseball world, in the sports world, but uh, it's nice when you can kind of set those aside and then bring in something that may be completely new and different. And But you always need to make sure that it fits the fits the goal and the purpose of what you're doing just because it's different doesn't make it right um yep. so i i i find that with uh sometimes with new baseball team or uh, new baseball logos and stuff like that like when i was you know in minor league baseball i would inevitably see a million press releases that would start out with we're the first team to do blank oh and it's boy. like use this threat thread color use yep. a you know uh, a whatever object in there in their logo and everything and you know sometimes i would be like oh that's really interesting that's a you know that's a neat choice that i wouldn't have considered maybe or or it's a neat idea to bring to the table but other times is like just because you're the first team to do it doesn't really make it good or better or you know worse it it, it needs to work and Be awesome and serve the purpose in and of itself. Um, So when I bring something new and different, maybe like a typeface like this and and whatnot, um, I want it to really work well as a uniform and a logo first in the baseball environment. And then if people go like, oh, this is kind of neat because it's unusual. I love that, too.
0: You were very gracious in not correcting my mischaracterization of your minor league baseball uh, professional career. I don't think you were were Cosmo for seven years. You did work for the Rainiers, the Tacoma Rainiers for That's seven correct. years in their design department. So that was uh... – I was
2: co- I was Cosmo for, uh, for three seasons.
0: Okay. All right. And then you went and yeah. worked for the Rainiers. So obviously, I mean we're sitting here talking about the logo and the sort of overall brand – this obviously extends to the uniform set as well. And just like you did with uh, the make and bacon, you created some full uniform sets that were in the colors from the brand. So there's an all black one with pink socks. There is very notably an all pink one uh, with black socks. And, you know, and obviously the, you know, that pink is used in other applications that, you know, the hats, the socks, whatever. So when you were expanding this brand and expanding these colors, uh, what what was your thinking in in taking that from the you know the the micro world of the the logo to the macro world of the larger brand and the
2: uniforms? Um, that's a great question. I I think for me is when I'm working with uniforms is that I want them to look great both up close, but I also want them to look great from the stands and i want them to look dynamic on the field mm-hmm. and uh one of the things when we decided on such a vivid pink uh for our primary color and, and knowing that you know we're gonna have black and gray as as the secondary colors uh that pink really wants to be front and center and so i was super excited about i was, I was just thinking as I was working, I was like, Oh, we're going to get to do a neon pink, like solid neon pink hat. And that's just going to look incredible. And doing the head to toe, uh, or not quite head to toe, but, uh, the pink body uniform with the black sleeves and socks or the black uniform, uh, topped with the pink hat and, and, uh, and bottom with the pink socks, um, I just felt like those were going to be so vibrant and, and dynamic against, you know, the lovely green backdrop of a baseball diamond and being able to see those from the stands and having no question from 200 yards away about what team is playing. I think that's a really cool thing.
0: There's your complimentary color pairing, by the way, is the, uh, like the, the green of the grass and then the pink of the, the uniform. So absolutely. That's, that's exactly that. right. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with all the uh, about all these design details. This is such a fun conversation for me. I really love getting into this, this little level of detail. Absolutely, I'm going to have you back on when we talk about the Las Vegas 51s. That episode is coming. I promise. Want to hear about your experience as Cosmo, the mascot, for sure. In the meantime, where can people find
2: you uh, on social media, online? I am most active on Instagram. You can, my handle is uh, the Tony Canepa, Uh, and you can find me at Tonycanapa.com. That's T-O-N-Y-C-A-N-E-P-A. It's always fantastic to be here. Uh, I'm excited that we're making this a regular thing. Regular thing. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me back.
0: Oh man, it's a blast to talk to you. And yeah, absolutely. We'll find ways to get you back on because it's always a fun conversation. And uh, all of those socials and the website will be in the show notes. And Tony, thanks so much. Thanks for that. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm recording live in Costa Rica with Baseball by Design Wildlife correspondent Ranger Amy Burnett. Costa Rica is interesting for this episode about the Florence flamingos because there are roughly as many flamingos in Costa Rica as there are in Florence, South Carolina. Am I right?
3: (laughs) You're right. There aren't any flamencos here, but they do live in Central America, and we're in Central America right now, which is pretty awesome.
0: We're in Monteverde in Costa Rica, land of many, many, many birds. You are what they call a birder. Tell me what a birder is.
3: A birder is someone who really nerds out when they see things hopping around or flying around, even if they're brown, which we were just talking about this morning. (laughs) But I love all birds. They, They just make me happy.
0: So, we just saw something. I got really excited earlier this week because it was like we were talking about. uh, I overheard conversations about a a saber wing and a euphonium (laughs) and a quetzal. And yeah, and I was just like, oh, there's a new Star Wars episode coming out.
3: (laughs) And we're talking about birds. We
0: were talking about birds. And I was just like, oh, we're talking about birds.
3: Saber wing is a a hummingbird, by the way.
0: So, in case you're wondering. So, I was was very excited. that's when we came here.
3: <laughs> I'm still laughing.
0: Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad you cracked yourself up with that. I, I was very excited when we came here because this is the land of, of all sorts of like exciting and colorful birds. Even as a non-bird nerd myself, I was excited to come here and, and see a lot of awesome birds because there are some amazing birds here. The The toucan. Yeah, they're uh, so
3: colorful. All you know. these birds.
0: So the national bird of Costa Rica is what?
3: <laughs> it is the clay-colored thrush.
0: The clay-colored thrush. Wait,
3: everyone's over. Oh, look over there. There it is.
0: This has been the entire last five days, by the way. Amy. <laughs> did you see
3: that brown bird over there?
0: I did not. I did not. But so, okay, so let's talk about this. The national bird of Costa oh, Rica. Re- oh,
3: you just. Oh, sorry. Just we
0: just missed it. it. The national bird, it sounds a little bit like a, a social disease. <laughs> yeah. And, doesn't sound very good. and also it's like this little, I was like, Oh, a sparrow. And you're like, no, that's the national bird, <laughs> bird of Costa, of Costa Rica. Rica. So they have toucans and they have all these other
3: quetzals and they're green. And they have all these hummingbirds and,
0: and parrots and parakeets. Parrots.
3: Yeah. And then and, you get to see the national bird of Costa Rica and it's brown.
0: <laughs> it's brown. Okay. Yeah. So why is that the national bird of Costa Rica?
3: No one knows. Yeah. I, yeah. Somebody knows. It's, it's everywhere. Maybe it's because you can see it all over Costa Rica, even in parking lots.
0: What are these two here? Oh, my
3: gosh. That's a flycatcher.
0: Okay, a little blue guy.
3: Oh, you saw a blue guy? That's is a euphonium.
0: <gasps> I That's saw a euphonium. One, yeah,
3: you, just, you were just mentioning this.
0: Episode 10 of Star Wars coming up. That's pretty awesome. I need um, to binoculars. All right. So,
3: Let's do this so I can get back to bird watching.
0: Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So we're, we're we're here to talk about the Florence flamingos. There are, surprisingly, when I looked this up, I was like, oh, we'll go to Costa Rica where there are definitely flamingos. Not really flamingos here. Uh, they they do exist in Central America, but not here in Costa Rica.
3: Right. And flamingos exist in the U.S., just not in South Carolina. Also not
0: in South Carolina. So where do flamingos uh, exist normally?
3: In They can be seen in South Florida along the Gulf Coast. But not typically. So that's sort of, they're usually what we call vagrants. So if you have, uh, yeah, I would guess that some of the baseball players that you've could be also known as vagrants, they kind of move in and out of teams, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They're called journeymen. Journeymen. Yeah.
3: Well, I guess that could be like vagrant journeymen. They're kind of the same thing.
0: So flamingos are are journeymen. They're
3: journeymen. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, But, you know, we were talking about how colorful these Costa Rican birds are. And flamingos are really, really colorful as well. And I was like, "Do they make the um, the players wear these pink uniforms?" And you're like, "Yeah, you show me a picture." And that's insane. It's incredible. I wonder how the players like wearing pink. They
0: don't. They don't make them wear them. The players like wearing. Do them. they like? Make, yeah, they it's like super them? cool. Yeah, yeah, the bright they're, colors. They're
3: confident with their masculinity. Absolutely. I love that. Sure. I'm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But you know the um the flamingos. Do you know that how they get their colors?
0: I do know this actually. I know huh? this. They you're they is from eating. A shrimp, maybe. Yeah,
3: eating shrimp, crustaceans, little things. And so they're what they eat, they they are what they eat literally. Mm. And so most flamingos in captivity are not as brightly colored as the ones in the wild. Did you know that? Because Mm. it's hard for the zoos to replicate like a really natural, diverse diet. So, you know, maybe maybe the baseball players are what they eat on that team. They'd have to eat like a whole bunch of like hubba bubba bubblegum.
0: That would be... That, and so flamingos are kind of hubba-bubba pink. So maybe the, if the Florence flamingos were just, like, chewing hubba-bubba bubblegum.
3: I think they're onto something. I yeah. think we, we could get them some more money. Wait, how come can we can't make your podcast make money?
0: Uh, the, we're working on it. <laughs> uh, um,
3: <laughs> hubba-bubba, if you're listening, Paul will sponsor you. Yeah, Wait, No, no you'll sponsor me. <laughs>
0: That's Hubba, not how it works.
3: <laughs> let me re-say that. Hubba-bubba, if you're listening, you, you need Paul as your sponsor. He no,
0: went. you did it again. Oh, I did? Oh. You need to sponsor Paul. <laughs> That's Hubba okay. Bubba,
3: if you're listening, you need to sponsor Paul.
0: All three of those are staying in, by the way. No, don't you dare. <laughs> People are going to think we're pumping these sounds in like they do for the um, for the Masters Tournament. I
3: don't think so. Because if we were, we would be saying like crazy, like we'd, we'd do the pendulum
0: Or a flamingo. Maybe we could edit some flamingo sounds in. Flamingo, ah. flamingo. <laughs> I don't know what a flamingo sound is. I don't either. I think okay. they make
3: hissing noises. Anyway, edit that up.
0: Let's talk about... If the, if I edited out everything you asked me to edit out, this interview would be like four minutes long. <laughs>
3: Let's talk about how flamingo stands.
0: Let's talk about flamingos as baseball players. We'll start with how they stand. Yeah. They've got an interesting stance. They do. Normally when you're batting, you're talking about balance, but the flamingo doesn't look super balanced.
3: You know, they actually are more balanced with two feet. It's true. With two legs, rather. Normally, flamingos stand on two feet, and that's better for balance. However, every once in a while, their your legs get tired, so they put one leg up. And if,
0: <laughs> for the listener at home, Amy is standing on the front lawn of our hotel in Monteverde, Costa Rica, on one foot, with both hands waving in the air, kind of wildly.
3: And now I'm grabbing on you people for are, balance.
0: People are coming out on their decks <laughs> to see what the heck is going on.
3: So when they get tired, they do that. So if you get tired, people listening at home... Just put your leg up, and uh, maybe put it up on an ottoman or something. So these uh, these flamingos are, are when they get tired, they can sleep on one leg, and that helps to rest because when they they really can't sit down, so that helps them. So I was thinking about pitchers who have really weird flamingo stances. Have you ever seen any pitchers with flamingo stances?
0: I bet you you're about to talk about them.
3: <laughs> I am. I looked up one one person had a really weird fl- flamingo stance. His name was Nestor Cortez Jr. And he basically was trying to get Shohei Otani out, and so he was he was standing on one leg, and then he would like wave it around and he put it back down. So he was kind of like faking. He was doing the fake out flamingo stance, and people started laughing. And I think it cracked him up, and he got a strike. But I'm not really <laughs> sure. But if you look it up on on, um, on YouTube, there's lots of videos of uh, of Nestor Cortez Jr. faking people out on one leg, just being a funny pitcher.
0: That's pretty amazing.
3: He'd kind of like put his leg up and then he'd like swing it back and forth. I wish you could see this. This is a visual.
0: Yeah, now it just looks like we're dancing.
3: But another thing, a reason that a baseball player, I found out when I did some research, um, does the one-legged thing is it hides the ball.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And
3: then so they can't see if they're going to throw a slider or a fastball or, I don't know, you know the pitches. What other An ephus. What's that? Is that like a euphonium? (laughs) We are on. It's from the new Star Wars. We are so on two different planes. Uh, When it comes to you like Star Wars, I like birds.
0: uh, Well, and we both like baseball. We
3: both like baseball, so we can uh, come together on that. Absolutely. Okay.
0: So your assertion is in the pantheon of minor league baseball logos, nicknames, mascots, that the flamingos roll on the team. There's a turkey vulture. Oh my god! (laughs) Look! Look! Look!
3: It's pretty close. Look alive, look alive. It
0: must think we're about to expire out here.
3: Yeah, they only, don't worry, it'll only eat you or come down closer if he thinks you're dead. So just look okay. alive, you're
0: What I was going to say was that your assertion is that flamingos would be the pitcher on the, the minor league baseball mascot nickname logo team.
3: Yes, they would definitely be the pitcher because they're raising their leg up as they're getting winding, as they're getting ready for the windup
0: i really wish we had video of this 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 (laughs) at least i made the sound for for the record it's eight o'clock in the morning and amy has not started drinking yet that's at least 40 minutes away
3: (laughs) you did make me coffee though you made me some espresso that
0: was some pretty intense coffee i'm
3: glad that i didn't have i asked for a second one but there were only like the the two pods in the room in the hotel room so i couldn't have another but it's probably a good thing so one other thing about a pitcher lifting his leg is there's actually a good reason behind it it's for momentum did you know that
0: I guess I didn't exactly know that, no.
3: All right, there's some science behind this. You ready? For every two inches that a pitcher lifts his leg. I'm just
0: going to hold on here so (laughs) you don't fall over.
3: Okay, every two inch, the pitcher lifts his leg beyond the waist level. He adds 1% to his total forward movement energy. And that 1% can translate into additional mile per hour of velocity.
0: Wow, you've really done your research here.
3: So that would make a big difference. I mean, have you ever tried to hit a fastball?
0: Uh, Not in a long time. Not since I was in the Little League.
3: And we need to go over one of those batting cages. I think that'd be fun.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, because, you know, in the majors, you're like, ah, that guy only throws 92 miles an hour. That's slow. And then anything over, like, 55 in real life. Yeah, I could never hit that. There's no way.
3: Um, can we go to one of those batting cages and maybe there'll be ice cream there.
0: It's not here in Costa Rica. We've no. got some other stuff to do here on our last day in Costa Rica. By the time this drops, we'll be back In boring old Colorado with Ooh. all of our brown birds there. Uh, what's this guy over here?
3: That is a rufous colored sparrow. I have to say that really carefully because it's hard to say. Rufus colored sparrow. so that's one that I don't have we don't have in Colorado. It's pretty cool.
0: It's not that cool. It looks like every other brown bird uh, I think.
3: Oh, oh, oh that one right there. There's the bigger one hopping. I saw a little one hopping. There's a bigger one hopping right there. That's the national bird of Costa Rica. Okay. That's your clay colored, clay colored thrush.
0: I think the national bird of Costa Rica should be the sloth or the howler monkey.
3: Um, that's not a bird.
0: Eh, now you're just splitting hairs. (laughs) Feathers. Ranger Amy, that was good. Ranger Amy Burnett, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Let me see your flamingo. What kind of thing is that to say? (laughs)
3: I'm thinking of, like, I'm I'm doing, like, a a Karate Kid's dance here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ranger Amy Burnett, baseball by design, wildlife correspondent. Thanks for joining me in this tropical paradise. It's so beautiful right now. talk about flamingos and the Florence flamingos. We got Dan Simon coming up next with a Studio Simon Stumper.
3: All right, I'll fly off.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm going to talk to Dan now. (laughs) It's time once again for Studio Simon Stumpers. Dan Simon, thank you so much for uh, once again hopping on, bringing a trivia question, bringing so much fun to the Baseball by Design podcast. I'm so excited to to see where we go today on this episode about the Florence Flamingos.
4: Yes, even though it's been a week since we've last seen each other. Definitely um, been a week. I kind of feel like I've never left. Like I'm just (laughs) always there.
0: It's like we've been sitting here in the basement all morning instead of recording these once a week.
4: Yes. So um, let's dive into it. Even though flamingos don't dive, they wade. But let's wade into it then. Let's wade. Okay. Okay. Uh, So in in this episode, you have talked about at length about the Florence flamingos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But before they were the flamingos, they were the Florence red wolves.
0: We did, okay. we chatted a little bit about that uh,
4: okay.
0: during this episode, well, yeah, but I but I don't know too much about the Red Wolves.
4: Well, let's see what you might know about it. Because okay. our studio's Simon Stumper today asks, which of these friends of the show, your show that is,
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. designed
4: the last iteration of the Red Wolves' identity? Oh. Was it a sky design studios b brandios or c studio simon
0: oh man this is this is a high stakes trivia question right here if i get this one wrong i sort of pride myself on being able to recognize brands the the designers of of certain brands and when i get them wrong i'm always a little bit surprised right because there are a lot of brands that exist out there that are sort of outside the sort of traditional vernacular of certain designers, and you're surprised to learn that it was a certain designer who who had done that particular logo.
4: Well let me interject here. Yeah. Um as you as I read off those choices, yeah, those possible answers, <laughs> um you you shook your head back and forth, meaning no, about one of them. So yeah. It seems to me, and I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong, but it seems to me you have eliminated one already. So when you talk about the particular visual vernacular for um, a a particular identity, can you even picture what the Florence Red Wolves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, identity mm -hmm. was? So you feel that this is one that, well, it'll be interesting to me to hear if you feel that this one feels like something that could have been done by one or the other, or if you really feel there's immediately somebody's hand in this that gives, that you feel I'm certain did it.
0: So I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Sky Dillon's work. And I feel like I have a a sense when I picture a Sky Dillon logo, I have, I picture, you know, I have a, I have a specific sense for what that looks like. I think the fairy hawks logo is a pretty good, representation of of Sky dylan's visual vernacular. sky by the way, sent me after he and I talked for this podcast, he sent me this beautiful shirt with his with his awesome uh banana slugs logo on it, uh, which was like so kind of him to do. It was I really appreciated that. It was, you know, similar to when I got a, a box full of hats from you that time. Uh, yeah, you're so...
4: the one that's supposed to be sending us gifts as opposed <laughs> to which 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 you have. Um I, I've
0: you... I... I've sent you some helmets. Oh, you got it right there. The Baseball by Design little batting helmet. Absolutely. So, and I'm going to buy you a lot of beers at some point later this summer, uh, <laughs> which we'll discuss at another time. So, okay. So I shook my head at Brandios because I don't, I don't think that the Red Wolves were were Brandios. I just, uh, that doesn't ring true to me. It doesn't seem like it fits with their, with their oeuvre, as it were.
4: Would you, I, is that because of the... How it is visually, or do you not think that you know they've done collegiate summer league teams of yeah. Fun rock dock spiders? But are yeah. you thinking that's not something they would have done, or it doesn't look like something they would have
0: done? Stylistically, it doesn't seem like something they would have done, uh, and and also I uh, there's a there's sort of a two two parts to this question for me. One, I feel like like I sort of know the catalog of certain designers i'm 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 also in my head, Dan, eliminating you because I feel like I would know this by now after all our conversations, if you had created the Red Wolves logo. And uh, I know that you've had a close working relationship with Sky Dylan over the years. And so my my when you asked the question, even before you gave me the multiple choices, Sky Dylan was the name that bumped into my head. and or Sky Dylan was the name that jumped into my head. And then he was the first choice.
4: <laughs> okay so is that your answer
0: I, I, well hang on a second i was waiting for yodel to stop uh, meowing here so
4: has yodel weighed in
0: yodel i think is weighing in yodel is hearing me say sky dylan i don't think it was brandios i don't think it was studio simon i think it was sky dylan
4: well paul your hitting streak continues you're oh. um, <laughs> you're nipping at joe dimaggio's heels uh, <laughs> i i you know what when we first started the studio simon stumper segments i told you i'd keep track of 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 them i didn't lie but i did not i did not keep my word Mm. um because i have not been keeping track but it seems to me like you have uh you've been on a on a on a roll lately now when you when you record a podcast and the various segments that they don't always get posted in the order in which you record them so i don't know if if maybe there there was an incorrect answer here that there but i can tell you in the order we've recorded i can't even remember the last time that you answered incorrectly so um i may need to um to make these a little bit tougher mm. although you you have had to think you did have to think about
0: it. i did oh i had to and this was a fun one because I, it got me thinking about different designers and their and their styles and my sort of basic knowledge of 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 their their catalog and and yeah we we record these in one order and then sometimes things happen and i jumble the the sequence around and so uh, i've had to do some fancy editing about well last week we talked about and then it turns out that i completely upend the order one of the um things that has changed in in the sequence of uh, of podcasts that were that i've done of episodes that i've done is i was scheduled to speak with the las vegas aviators the very day that the Oakland A's announced that they were moving to Las Vegas. And so, you know, that episode was all queued up and and you and I had done our stumper. Uh, I think, I think in the order in which they're appearing, I do have something of a streak going. If this is your campaign to, uh, to to lift my spirits and boost my self-confidence, well, it's, uh, you know, I, I certainly app- appreciate that.
4: We'll try to make people happy. That's, that's my job. And um, hopefully, it's my personality as well. So. <laughs>
0: Well, Dan, thank you so much. This has been uh, a lot of fun, as always. We will talk to you next week. I know you have some travels coming up, safe travels. Enjoy that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you next week for another Studio Simon Stumper.
4: Hey, I'll see you when I get back.